0: This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley.
1: Welcome, and thank you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. In last week's show, we first talked with Carrie Connolly about why it's important to spend the right money at the right time to grow your business. We then talked with Jane M. Powers about how she built a successful business helping coaches, speakers, and authors create and communicate a compelling message. And we ended our show with our business builder, where we addressed the issue of how to tell when good enough is good enough for you. Michael, what do we have on today's show?
2: Well, first up in our Trends and Insights segment, you'll be talking with Kimberly Pickett about the importance of creating a healthy work environment, both for yourself and those who work with you. Next, in today's success interview, we'll talk with Tara Bowman and how continuing to evolve your business is so important. And in our Business Builder segment, I'll be back to talk about the importance of including stories in your offerings. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper and let's get started.
3: First up, it's trends and insights. Your insider's look at industry changes being leveraged by today's most successful coaches, Authors and speakers. Today we are speaking with Kimberly Pickett, the Creative Director and Principal at Kimbo Design, one of the leading branding and graphic design companies in North America. Welcome, Kimberly.
4: Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. I am excited for our
3: conversation, and I love to start this out by asking our guests, what is the current trend that you see impacting coaches, speakers, and authors like yourself?
4: Yeah, so um, the trend that I tend to see here um, for coaches and speakers and somebody like myself is um, wellness. Uh, Living in Vancouver, there's um, a need get outside and uh, this is a beautiful uh, place to live and work. Mm-hmm. Um, so really a lot of uh, entrepreneurs like myself like to create this world around them that has, uh, you know, an enjoyable work-life balance. Um, and so I've seen and heard a lot of um, presentations and Conferences about the wellness and bringing that into uh, the business environment, whether it would be through the culture and also the environment, the, the office environment, and how um, the office is set up with uh, your employees and to, to really support uh, collaboration and communication.
3: Interesting. And I think there has been a real trend towards that work-life balance, um, but I hadn't really thought about it in terms of, of collaboration and um, communication, but I think that is a big part of the whole package.
4: Yeah, especially in, in my industry in terms of tech and the, the creative industry here especially in Vancouver where uh, real estate and uh, uh, office space is, you know, smaller, right? There's uh, a small footprint here. Um, that's why you, you, uh, you, you might have heard about the real estate uh, condition here. Uh, everything is very, very high in terms of cost, cost of living, and also cost of uh, renting commercial space. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a planned out open environment is a great idea for a lot of uh, uh, businesses and business owners.
3: Well, and I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs today work either in a home office or they might work in a co-working space. And I think it's really important to make sure that you have quiet places to go to and also places that you can go to that really help you bring out that creative side um, because I think so often we get so busy doing the work that we forget mm. that we need that yeah. space around us that really helps us stay creative and get in, be inspired.
4: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some people get stuck in these silos where they're just working you know, nine to five, and, and they're not moving, right? And also, you know, that's that's a big problem, too, like in the future for people that are sitting down a lot of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So having these environments where you can move around, right, and then also um, walk past people and have a conversation, and, and that might also uh, spark, uh, you know, a conversation about the project and the spontaneity that happens in, in collaboration and, and the creative process is something that, you know, a lot of businesses um, really try to create in in their environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, it's, it's really important um, to think about um, and uh, it will help, you know, productivity as well.
3: I agree. I wear a a, a Fitbit just so that I can look at it and say, okay, am I getting up? Am I doing <laughs> yeah. things? Because yeah. it yeah. really, for me, it's that awareness mm-hmm. of what I'm doing. And sometimes I'll look at it and say, wait a minute, I'm not even a thousand steps and the day's half over. I need to get out of my chair and get exactly. moving.
4: Exactly. And it's, it's really important, especially if you, you know, you think about how you're going to uh, look maybe in 40 years, Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you want to be able to have, a, a you know, a, a good back and posture, and that's really important to to take care of these things, right? Um, Absolutely. So gr- grow old gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: So do you think that the wellness focus um, and the work-life balance is impacting the designs that you're seeing or people are asking for as far as logos, the look and feel, um, how people are are positioning their companies?
4: Well, I think in terms of uh, when we go in to do a branding exercise for a company, um, we think about, you know, a lot of the external, how the logo is going to look, how are people going to perceive this company. But also, at the same time, we want to think about internally and for the, um, you know, the people that work in. The organization to support, uh, you know, the the rebrand or um, their brand. So the way that they support it is um, to be in in a great environment, right, and be happy where they are. So um, with with what's around you, that's that's got to be um, it, it's got to be looked at. So all the details of of your brand. You know, and, and that comes through in, in your culture and in your environment as well. Absolutely. And it may not just be the environment and where you sit. It could be, um, you know, posters, inspirational posters you have on the wall or there's some sort of branding elements on a window uh, in the boardroom that's going to um, reflect your uh, brand Uh, mission and vision.
3: Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you do? Because I think um, from a branding perspective, um, it's certainly important to be creative and kind of get that inspiration. But I think a lot of business owners could use um, some things that could help them get inspired. But what are some of the things that you do when you are stuck or need to get creative to, to really kind of get the, the energy and the juices flowing.
4: Well, I think that's just it. Uh, to get the energy and the juices flowing, what everybody has to do is they have to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to get up, uh, get away from the computer, right, and have mm-hmm. a conversation and go out, walk around, have a coffee, and think about um, the project, right? So, you know, it happens in all situations, but, um, you know, it's, it's great to have an environment where you can move around from spot to spot um, mm-hmm. and uh, look out a window um, and think about those things.
3: hmm You know, it's interesting because I, a lot of people... Um, I, I, I hear them talking and they're really busy and they're, they're, you know, doing things all day. But I think it's also important for people to take some quiet time, some reflective time, whether it's meditative or whatever, whatever it is that they do that, that helps them regenerate. But I think it's important to have some quiet time during the day, too, because that really helps you kind of take a step back. And I find that's the time when I get all sorts of ideas
4: yeah the quiet, quiet time is is very good. We in, in our office here we we're pretty quiet. I, I must say we have a quiet environment
3: because
4: mm-hmm. uh, when we are working on um, computers and and writing it it it's calming. And in the advertising and branding industry, it's not a calming environment per se, right mm-hmm. uh, There's always deadlines, there's pressure. Uh, there's uh, emails coming at you. There's lots of things going on. So having this kind of tranquil, quiet office kind of uh, balances out the the craziness of the advertising world.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Well,
3: and I find that um, entrepreneurs really um, have to get out, see what other people are doing, um, just just break those patterns. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so it's it's great to to get out and do something else, and then you can really reflect on uh, where your business is going, your business growth. Um, it the the best thing for me is actually when I when I drive. Uh, driving kind of calms me, and I have a lot of ideas when I'm driving. That kind of come into to my head, but it's usually when um, I'm doing something totally just not even related to any sort of business is is when i is when I get uh, my best ideas mm-hmm.
3: so how do you build networking into what you're doing and into kind of getting the that creative ideas and inspiration uh,
4: well networking um, I go to events that I like um, where, you know, there's going to be commonalities that I can converse with people that like to do the same things that I do and and organically networking happens. Um, So whether it be an art exhibition of some sort, um, you know, uh, an event that I was invited to. Where there's uh, some sort of entertainment and uh, some cocktails that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, sports you know uh, vancouver is is great for a very active uh lifestyle when you when you live downtown mm-hmm. so um, networking is is a you know it, it's great personally and it's great for business as well mm mm-hmm.
3: No, I, I absolutely agree. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. If our listeners would like to learn more about you and what you do, how can they get in touch with you?
4: Uh, so they can get in touch with me through my w- website. So it's Kimbo kimbodesign.ca. And if you go to uh, the website, you can learn about my story and and how I created Kimbo Design, and you can learn about the services we offer and the the clients we have, and uh, you can also uh, follow our blog.
3: Perfect. Thank you very much for your time today, and we will put a link to your website on our Turn Knowledge to Profit website with today's interview. Thank you.
4: Great. Thank you, Jonelle.
3: We need to take a real quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview. You don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. Imagine the feeling of being seen as the go-to expert in your field and having that at no extra cost for marketing, plus having more time for your family, friends, vacations, and hobbies. You don't have to imagine anymore. Hi, I'm Kristen Baker, sales, money, and success coach, and I wanna share my proven formula that I use to close over $100 million in sales. Go to kristenbakercoach.com, that's K-R-I-S-T-E-N, bakercoach.com, and access my free checklist called Turn 100 Leads into $20,000. Find out in less than five minutes if you've been sitting on a gold mine of ideal clients. Stop wasting time and money on sales and marketing methods that don't work. Start by going to KristenBakerCoach.com. Download my checklist and let's get started today. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, John L. McCauley. Today's success interview is with the founder and CEO of Navigation Forward, Tara Bolman. And I'm also really excited. Tara is the eWomen Network a 2016 Managing Director of the Year, which um, is really an honor. I'm so excited for our conversation. Welcome, Tara. Welcome. Well, thank you for
6: having me, Janelle, I'm so excited to be here today. I know,
3: I've learned so much from you and you're just such an expert in business and simplifying complicated concepts and just really creating systems and processes and I'm so excited to have you share that with our listeners. And to get them started, I'd love to have you just tell us a little bit about your business, how you started
6: it, how it's
3: evolved, and just what you do.
6: Sure, sure. And before I share that story, I just have to tell you, we've got to have a little bit of a love fest here. (laughs) You know, I... I've learned so much from you. I mean, you know, winning 2016 Managing Director of the Year wouldn't have been possible if I wasn't mentored by you. So, I mean, thank you for all that you do to serve entrepreneurs as well. So, um, so I'm just honored. So, uh, you're so sweet. Right. Thank you. <laughs> okay, love passed over. We'll get into business, right? <laughs> um, so, when I started my business, it was back in 2012. So, at that point, I, up until then, I had always been a, um, a corporate consultant You know, I worked for a top consulting company and then a boutique firm here in Houston, Texas. And, you know, I'd always kind of done the corporate thing. I did break off for a little bit and do, I opened my own upscale retail store and you know, it was great. And it actually did well. I mean, um, and I did that for about three years, but once, you know, you realize that you have a brick, bricks and mortar store and I had 12 employees. I just kind of got to a point where, you know, I kind of maxed out what I thought I could make. <laughs> and so I, and I really missed um, kind of being back in that corporate world. So I ended up, um, you know, going back into consulting after that, after I, um, you know, I closed the store and um, and but it was what I call my working MBA. I've never worked so hard in my life uh, at anything, and especially around the holidays, which anyone who has a retail store knows that during the holidays, uh, you know, you you live there, right? Mm-hmm. So I really got to a point where I would cringe thinking of Christmas, and I knew I something had to change, and I knew that I wanted to create something so that women didn't have to be put in the position that I was in. Like I'm an overachiever. But I also want to have my balance of family. So I when I first started, I created this community called The Working House, which was all about women connecting uh, together that work from home. So, mm-hmm. I, And I did it for about a year. And it was, you know, this great vision. Um, but what the reality was is I can't, um, you can't how people work from home is not the way I work from home. (laughs) It was very much um, people wanting work at home jobs. It Mm -hmm. was women who maybe couldn't afford daycare. So they needed some alternatives kind of thing. Um, So I was creating a business and not, it wasn't matching the audience who could afford to pay for what I had, my product, my service. So um, once I figured that out, it took me about a year to figure that out. I thought everyone just, you know, I worked at home like a machine and whatever. You know, it it was a kind of trial and error. So that was probably my first business that um, morphed into something differently, but it, you know, it just didn't work. So uh, then I moved more into the consulting arena and just started to do consulting on my own and then eventually moved into coaching and primarily built my business on one on one coaching, doing you know, monthly coaching for women entrepreneurs and um, what are VIP days. I call them business intensives. So that's how I felt my six-figure coaching business was primarily offering, you know, more, I guess, time for money kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, before I went into the online product world. Wow.
3: That's a really An amazing story, and I think it's there's a lot of similarities in what I hear from other entrepreneurs. And it really sounds as if your business has been a continuous evolution, and I think that's something that people need to understand. We oftentimes start a business with this great idea and we keep going down a path, and you said you went a year, which is it seems like a long time, but When you're talking to people, it's really not because it does take a little bit of time to see how it lands, but the point you raised, which I think is something people really need to look at, is what you're offering and what you want to do. Are you attracting the right audience? Are you attracting people who can afford to pay for what you have to offer? Because if you have a great idea and a great product, but you're not attracting the right clients and audience, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to reach the goals that you want to reach.
6: Right. And I was, and I was definitely victim to, uh, and I say this now, like, you know, I'm obsessed with learning like so many other entrepreneurs. We get so obsessed with learning something. And, and I was stalled with taking action too. So while I'm doing the working house in my, that first year, I was obsessed. I mean, name a seminar. I went to it. I coached with, you know, tons of people and, you know, getting it all figured out, hoping that somehow by spending that money, that clarity would come back to me. Um, and, and it didn't. And, you know, like you said, on the spending a year, right? I mean, now I look at that and I think, man, because all I knew is how to make money, be successful, leverage my team, which was all mm-hmm. over the world. And then it was just me in my office, right? Um, and then I quickly, you know, built out a team and stuff like that. But it, it just became one of these things that why wasn't I using everything that made me successful in corporate in my business? It's almost like I didn't connect the dots and and do the same due diligence I would have done for a client for myself. <laughs> so once I figured that out, I thought, Oh my gosh, like that was my aha was here. I have this great list. You know, I'm learning from all these online marketers of how quote unquote easy it is to build your business online. And, you know, thinking, well, this can't be hard, right? I'm an intelligent woman, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like it just wasn't happening. And so, you know, at some point, even my husband, who's like the nicest guy in the world, was just kind of like, you know, honey, what, what, you know, what's the plan here? Like, how is this going to be? Um, when does the money start coming in instead of going out? <laughs> So with, with all the lessons that you learned
3: from getting your business started and going through that transition and working through and finding that balance and what worked for you, which is something a lot of people go through when they're going from the corporate world to wanting to be an entrepreneur, they want the freedom, they want what it has to offer, but you don't know what you don't know. So do you have one just piece of advice that you can give people to kind of know they're on the right track or to know that they need to get help to get on the right track so they don't lose too much time or momentum?
6: Yes. So many things come to my mind that it's hard to pick one. Um, I think the one that I see people struggling with most, and what I know I personally did too, is to not be afraid to ask for your value and get very, very clear on your money mindset. You don't, what do people say? The best personal development you could ever go through is starting your own business because there's going to be so much stuff that comes up in that beautiful brain of yours that you had no idea existed when you were in the corporate world. So I would definitely recommend getting really clear on being okay to ask for the sale. And know that what you're pricing that you're putting out there, which is probably lower than it should be, is 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 a good value.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: So something to me, you know, just comes down to your money mindset and make sure that, you know, you come from a place of abundance and know that there's no competition. Quit waiting, quit watching everyone else out there and instead focus on what I call do you, right? So focus on your stuff make sure your pricing is is in an alignment and try not to give away everything for free. I'm all for giving away tons of stuff, but mm-hmm. sometimes we tend, especially in the coaching industry, right? I mean, I used to, when I first started coaching, I swear I would like give anybody an hour if they just bought me a Mocha from, from Starbucks, you know, <laughs> and it was just like, but I knew in my corporate world that $300 an hour was my, normal rate, right? Mm -hmm. No big deal. I knew my value there, but something happens when we cross over and start working in something that's our passion Mm -hmm. that we instantly want to discount that, right? So, you know, just really understand your value, own it. And if you're still struggling with that, that is the groundwork that needs to be done first is clearing the stuff out of your head so that you are prepared and you are taking action to move forward. Don't get caught up in learning. You know, and the why and, oh, my, she can't afford or he can't afford my product or service. It's not our job to assume that. It's our job to have the pricing, present the value, and if it's a fit, then move it forward and take action. So that would be my number one thing. (laughs) That's great. And
3: also when you were talking earlier, you were talking about doing that continuous education, and I think it's really important to, you know, Take a step back and look at what the value you've got and not keep thinking you've got to get one more certification, one more training, one more anything. You've got it. We need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to actually shift our conversation a little bit and talk about products. Because I know you've got your CEO store. You just have a way of putting together products and using them to really help move people forward. And I'm excited to have you share that. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit Radio.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge
5: can take you. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of, or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managing director at That's managing director at and let's start the conversation.
0: This is the EWN Radio
5: Network. Welcome back. You're
3: listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, Janelle McCauley. Today, we're talking with Tara Bowman, the founder and CEO of Navigation Forward. And Before the break, Tara talked about her story and how she got to where she is with her business. If you missed it, you need to go back and listen to it. I think a lot of people will hear a lot of familiar things about some of their struggles, and I love hearing those success stories. I'd love to make a little shift, Tara, and ask you about products. I know we've talked about it, and I know you've developed courses and training and have tools. So how did you know it was time to switch from your one-on-one coaching to really leveraging your time more and get started with products?
6: Sure, that's a great question, and it's actually become... a mistake on my part that I can share this wisdom <laughs> so that no one else will make this mistake right so we had talked about how I had the working house right which was my online community and in my mind it was going to be this online training forum for all people who work from home and and what they need to know and, and stuff like that so I kind of went into my original business concept with it was going to be completely online to a point where I had never even been to an eWomen Network event. I wasn't a networker. I wanted to just sit behind my computer and kind of do things on my time. And you know, I knew enough with Word. I taught myself WordPress, and you know, um, all that kind of stuff. So I started with thinking it was going to be only online. So my first product I created was it was called the Virtual Team Building camp. Right. That's one thing I knew how to do very well. It's to create and lead virtual teams, and that was what my experience was. And the consulting—it was to me—it was like that was the number one question I got from people, and I was like, "All right, cool, I'll create this product." And what I also realized is, unless you have an audience of people who know you, you have a, you know some sort of list, uh, some sort of way, a platform to market that your course—you're not going to sell very many. <laughs> mm. So you know, while I did sell some of them. I didn't, you know, it wasn't something that, you know, matched my business plan to be a millionaire, right? So what I ended up doing was I realized I needed to go on the path that worked one-on-one with people to start creating some success stories and and, and moving forward in that direction. So then that's when I turned to the one-on-one coaching, and then from there people would be like, well, I just want to have you for the day. What's that look like? And, okay, well, and then I created the business intensive you know, and then it was like, they, my customers told me what, what they wanted, right? And then I got to a point where, to be honest, it's like, you know, when you're coaching and you're coaching 20, 30 people a month sometimes, it's a lot of the same stuff, different day kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine being, I remember having my headset on, you know, sometimes eight hours a day back to back to back to back coaching, mm-hmm. right? I, I figured out the sales component, the marketing you know, and I had a full pipeline, but it just started to wear on me. And um, it just gets to a point where, you know, it's not so fun. And then that's when you have to look at, all right, well, how can I leverage? So then I moved into the leverage phase, which was creating a kind of a group mastermind around doing, I think I had 16 people in my last group and teaching them and creating the community around that. So, you know, I, then I lever, you know, I stepped into that and then and more recently, I had the aha that well, wow, that's great, and that's my signature course is the CEO system, right? And it's this three month kind of online coaching thing program where people learn. I you know I teach them how to systematize all the main areas in their business to build their foundation. Some people don't want that commitment. You know, they don't want it takes long. You know, it's you know this and that. I just want to know how to do X. Mm-hmm. So from that, I've created. Smaller, almost mini trainings at lower price points to get people to a result faster, and then so that's when that's when the CEO store came about, and you know that's where I have like more of the, you know, more offerings at lower prices depending on what people need at the time. But you know, Mm -hmm. just knowing the more products you have, the more sales funnels you need to put in place, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a whole other back end side of the business that you know, makes it a little more complicated. But yes, I'm, I'm obsessed with creating products and content. I've helped tons of people do it. Um, I love what you and Michael are doing with Turn Knowledge to Profit and actually, you know, where people can outsource that responsibility to you because it's a gift, right? And I've learned it over time. But if I would have known back then that there were people like you I would be further <laughs> mm-hmm. further along in my own business right now. So but yeah. I'm doing it more as a way to automate some parts of my business because I will be doing less one-on-one coaching and more consulting and training in the future. And I can kind of see that in my own business. So I still want to have a way to give products and solutions to, peop- to meet people where they are in their business.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the things that you've done – you've really done it in the right order because people often start their business and create products and then no one buys them just like you mm-hmm. said you have to have an audience a platform yeah you know you have to have your market you have to have your list and also you need to have the experience of doing that one-on-one coaching, because then you can look and say, it's almost like Groundhog Day when you've been doing coaching long enough, um, you're still helping people tremendously, so I don't, don't want to mm-hmm. discount that, but mm-hmm. from the coach's perspective, you know what they're going to ask next, you know what right. they need to do, you right. know all those things. So for, for me, when I was doing one-on-one coaching, it, it starts to lose its excitement Mm -hmm. Um, When you first started, it's really exciting, and you're making tremendous – Value You're adding tremendous value for people that you're serving. But from the coach's perspective, it can be a little bit repetitive. So, But you know what those things are. You know what they need. You know what tools they need. You know what steps they need to do them in. And that's the perfect time to start creating your products once you've got that because you know that there's a market for it. You know that that's exactly what they need. So it's the perfect way to do it. And I love how you then – have kind of taken it a step further and gone to the with the CEO store so that you've broken it down even more. And I think you're right. People are looking for what they need now. You know, it's nice that they can go through a whole program, but it's like, okay, this is this is what my need is. How do I solve this need? And if you do that well enough, they'll come back and they'll do so much more with you.
6: Right. And that's what, for me, you know, I, the CEO system, I, of course, I think, I mean, it's my signature system. It's my heart and soul. And if someone will do it, I, they will get the result. But I also know in my heart of heart that they need usually sales, right, off the mm-hmm. bat. And so that's why I created, you know, the um, my sell program at a lower cost point. It's called Your System to Sell, because that will kickstart so that they can get the money coming in and know, you know, have that system in place and feel comfortable knowing what's coming in the future so that they can invest in something bigger, you know, because it takes a lot of your time. And, you know, I get that. And I don't know, I just, I, yeah, you know, I, I don't believe in accidents. I, you and I talk about this all the time. There's nothing thing mm-hmm. as accidents. And while I think my journey was so unique and feels like, oh, man, I could have been further faster if I would have just done this out of the... Gate and you know, you play the comparison game, like, you know, Susie here just hopped into online marketing three months ago, and she's made $4 million, right? You start doing that, and you think, you know what, this is my journey, um, and everything happened for a reason, so the fact that I had the, you know, opportunity and really pleasure to coach so many entrepreneurs one-on-one, that happened to me for a reason, and you know and and that's great so i can take that experience and i think when you were talking about you know how it does feel like groundhog day right one thing that i also learned as a coach so for any coaches that are listening you know this is one of those trend things that you may see happen to is you can almost predict where the next thing's going to go right so mm-hmm. you know if you get someone in and um you know so Say your coaching package, I had two levels, $500 a month and then $1,000 for kind of weekly coaching, right? And what I would start to see is, um, you know, and I didn't do contracts in my in my company because it just felt like I wanted to be able to release people as much as they may <laughs> need to step out as well. And, I, you know, I, that whole holding somebody in, you know, I felt like benefited the the coach more than the person now i've Mm -hmm. kind of changed my stance on that a little bit i think people need to have some skin in the game but um but at that time i didn't have contracts and what it drove me crazy to do i probably fired too many clients because um if they weren't doing the work i sure Mm -hmm. didn't want to take their money you know if you start having the same conversations every month and you know what you're giving them to do really shouldn't take that long like you know i get i get what i'm asking to do is going to take an hour but mm-hmm. you had two weeks before we talk again, and you still didn't do that. So you know there was some self sabotage, self sabot, sabotaging. Type, mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Self <laughs> sabotaging Self sabotaging. Yes. <yeah>, thank you. <laughs> self sabotaging going on to where it was like a point where I didn't want you know to take someone's money who wasn't going to do the work. So mm-hmm. anyway, so it just started to feel a little not me. Right. And then I would, what I would do is I would hop in and be like, okay, I know I'll just do it for you. Right. And then you start realizing, I think I want these results more than my client does. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then that started to make me shift and go, you know what? I love doing the work as much as I like coaching on it. So why not just add that into my business model that I will actually do work for them as well. And because I miss that I'm an implementer by heart. And, um, you know, and so I thought whoever created this rule that coaches are coaches and and consultants are consultants, which do, and coaches just ask you questions to get to the result that you want, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I'm going to blend it. I'm going to break the rules a little bit, which is hard for me because I'm a total rule follower
2: and, <laughs> and see where it
6: goes. So um, I love that. And I started playing with that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love that. And I've really enjoyed hearing about your journey, hearing about how you've used products, and that's what we love at Turn Knowledge to Profit is being able to take people's ideas and their concepts and help translate it into something that they can really use to monetize their business. And that's, you know, something that, that we love doing. And as we wind up our time, I really encourage everyone to check out um, what you've got with your um, CEO system and at your CEO store and definitely check out the the sales piece because once you start making money, it gives you so much more freedom to do the things that you need to do. So how can our listeners connect with
6: you and learn more about you
3: and what you have to offer?
6: Sure. So definitely my website is my hub for everything. So I try to make everything, you know, kind of circle around that. I'm not one that has 500 different websites for different products and stuff like that. I'm sure there's a SEO reason why I should, but, um, but I keep everything centralized to keep it simple because I believe systems should be simple, right? And, you know, so my website is TaraBuhlman.com. It's my name. So Tara, T-E-R-R-A. The last name's Bowman, B-O-H-L-M-A-N-N.com. And so I have my whole, you know, meet me and, you know, probably fun little quirky stories about uh, myself and my journey. And then at my CEO store and a, and a great blog that has tons of free information that will serve people. I mean, this has been, you know, I'm never one to hold back information. Um, and it's, there's tons of great stuff on the, on the website. Perfect. Thank
3: you. And we will have a link to your website on our Turn Knowledge to Profit radio page, too, so people can go there with today's interview and uh, click and connect directly with you. So if you could give our listeners just one piece of advice as we wrap up our time together that they can implement in the next week to help them scale or build their business, what would you
6: recommend? I would recommend putting a plan together around building their dream team. I'm huge on this because this was the one thing that made me not um, you know, not take as much action right out of the gate because I was used to surrounding myself with really smart people. And when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you're in this solo. You're flying solo, right? So you know, think about yourself and your business where you are the CEO, right? and even if you don't hire employees but you can partner with people. So partner with turn knowledge to profit and they'll help you manage creating your products, right? Out of what you have. You know, and then you would have maybe your tech person that is going to plug it all in. Like just create a one-page plan on who needs to be part of your dream team. You can add your housekeeper and your lawn person to it too. You need to do a plan around building a team that makes your life easier so that you're focusing on the things that only you can do and that you enjoy doing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for all your time and for
3: sharing so much today. No
6: problem. Thank you.
3: We need to take another really quick break and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
5: Lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to director at ewomennetwork.com. That's director at ewomennetwork.com. And let's start the conversation.
0: creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at turnknowledgetoprofit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about the importance of stories.
1: I love listening to other people's stories, and I know I'm excited about today's conversation because I sometimes get challenged with making sure I'm using the right stories, but I know that... They're so important. So I'd love to have you just start by sharing, Michael, how do we know where we need to put stories and how do we know we have the right stories?
2: Well, you know, first and foremost, stories really create connection between you and your audience. And again, it doesn't matter um, if it's an audience that you're speaking to, if it's an audience of... Clients that are in your course, or uh, any other situation, um, really they they help you create connection with the person that you're talking to or the people you're talking to. Um, you know, if you think about it, humans have communicated over millennia through stories, and it's really it's been true in recorded history, and it's still true true today. Because if you think about it, even you know TV commercials. Um, Most of them are really just stories. That's all they are. But they're stories that sell a product or service. Um, And if you can tell a good story and connect with your audience on an emotional level, then they're much more likely to remember you for a long time.
1: I think that's true, and the thing that I keep thinking of when you say that is really making sure and having a story that engages people, that draw them in. And stories can be a great way for people to see how what you're sharing can actually apply to them. If they see themselves in your story, it really can make a big difference.
2: Yeah, it really does. It really helps you create connection with them. Um, And then, you know, the, the second thing that it does is no matter how dry a topic you're talking about if you've got good stories in there um, it'll still keep people interested Um, and if you switch that around um, if you don't have good stories it doesn't matter how compelling your topic is they're going to lose interest they're they're just their minds going to start to wander i mean i don't know how many of you have been in a situation where you're maybe attending an event and um, I know I've had this, so I'm taking notes, the speaker's going along, and all of a sudden, I realized that I, while well, I wasn't taking notes, I was actually thinking about uh, the stuff I needed at the market, or I was thinking about something I was gonna do when I left the event or whatever, because the speaker had kind of lost me. They didn't have good stories in, involved. They, they had a lot of charts and a lot of graphs, but it wasn't really making an emotional connection with me.
1: And I think that's important to do. I think it's important to draw people in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you know, a lot of people will tell you, and I think it's pretty true that you have eight to 10 seconds to engage with someone when you start to talk to them. So as a speaker, you get up there, they uh, introduce you, you get on stage and you have about eight to 10 seconds to engage with the audience before they start to lose interest. And so that's why it's so important to start with a story or have some compelling stories throughout your talk um, or throughout your course or whatever it is to keep them engaged and really make that connection.
1: So do when someone's telling a story, does it have to be something that they personally experienced
2: No, it doesn't. And in fact, I think that it's really good to always have a mixture. Um, It's great to have your own stories because that shows um, that you have experience. It shows your expertise. It really helps them engage with you personally. But I think it's also important to have um, stories that you've heard from other people because that shows some universality to whatever it is you're talking about so that it's not just you. It's not just them, the listener, that, oh, this happens to other people as well, and that this is a challenge for a lot of people, uh, and your story really helps make that emotional connection with you and also with the the issue a, as a whole.
1: So how does someone know if a story is going to be engaging or going to pull people in? Some people might say they don't have very interesting stories.
2: Well, you know, it's... It, it's not so much that the story is not interesting, at least in my view, it's the, it's the telling of the story has to be interesting. And so, you know, to say I don't have any stories, and I have met clients from time to time and say I don't have any stories. And, you know, I guess my thinking is, well, you know, you're 40, 50, 60 years old, however old you are, and have you done nothing in your life at all? And the answer, of course, is, well, no, sure they've done some things in their life. Well, then you have stories because everybody who actually has lived a life has stories. It's just a matter of how you tell them and finding the stories that have universal appeal and also engage and are uh, relevant to the point you're trying to make.
1: So once you've got your stories... How do you actually add that into your course or presentation? Is there a formula on how to do that?
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. There is a formula. Um, and there's a little bit of art as well, but there is a formula. And that's you know one of the reasons you want to work with uh, a company that is expert at creating products and services as you're doing that. So... Um, a company like Turn Knowledge to Profit, we do that all the time, and we are able to get those stories from our clients and, and incorporate those into their offerings. Um, you know, first you want to make sure that the story supports the point you're trying to make. And uh, I know that may seem obvious to a lot of people, but you'd be surprised how many speakers don't get that basic rule. They they tell you. And maybe you've had that experience. If you think back to talks that you've been to, where they tell a really interesting story, but at the end you're kind of saying, "Well, that was interesting, but I'm I'm not sure how it relates to what you're talking about." And so you were you were that's more what I would call entertainment. That's not actually teaching you anything. And so you want to make sure that they really support you know what you're trying, the points you're trying to make. And that's why you know another tip I could give people is. Um, The same thing that we do when we're creating a presentation or a course or an offering for a client We don't add the stories until the very end. It's one of the last things we put into the finished product and uh, you know, I do have specific spots where I'll put a a placeholder that says, you know story here or uh, Make sure that we put a story, you know ask client about a story for this spot here but I don't actually add the story until the end because I want to make sure that the story really reinforces the point that's being made. And I don't know fully what the point is going to be until the course is put together and everything flows together.
1: Well, and when you were talking about that, um, and I'm going to probably get the word wrong, but it's edutainment. is
2: Yeah, somebody, somebody is, used that term. It, yeah. Where you're yeah.
1: combining education and entertainment. Right. And I think it's important to do both. And I know I've heard presentations where someone tells a story and it's like, okay, that's a nice story, but what am I supposed to do with that? Or how do I apply it to what I'm doing? I don't think think it's really important when you're telling stories to watch the audience, are they leaning in? Are they looking at you? Are they kind of on the edge of their seat? Or are they sitting there looking down on their cell phone, checking text message and, you know, checking email? Are they really engaged? Because if they are, they're going to want to know what's coming next. And I think that's really important
2: yeah it is it's really important and that's a great tip to always look be looking at the audience um, and and really seeing how engaged they are and the other thing that i can say it's always also a tip is to make sure that uh you know there's there's a uh, as you said there's a formula to telling a story or or what story you should use there's also a formula for how the story is structured and you want to make sure that you again uh, engage with some a company or some coach or whoever it is that really understands storytelling. Um, but you have to set a context for the audience. You have to make sure the points are clear. You have to give them a background. Um, a, a lot of times what I see um, new storytellers or, or, or coaches or speakers that are trying to incorporate stories into their, their offerings, I see them um, do something I call speed thinking. So since they lived the story they sort of cut to the end without including a lot of the upfront stuff they speed think through the story assuming that their audience will understand it and a lot of times their audience doesn't understand because they haven't been given the context they haven't been given the background they haven't been given the setup for the lesson that's coming later in the story
1: that's so true. And I know that um, you often accuse me of speed thinking because I've been there, done that, experienced it. I, you know, I don't stop to think about okay, what details does someone know if they weren't there? And this is a great discussion. And I would invite all of our listeners to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and share where do your stories come from? And What challenge do you have to maybe decide what story to use when you're putting together a talk, training, or you really want to go ahead and share an example with the result because there is an art to it. And once you master that, it will make a big difference in the results that you get. So we look forward to hearing from you. Talk to you next week.
2: You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.
0: Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.